Here's a message from Ken Lavica. How did the defense in the running game give overall shape to the way this played out, Jameis? Well, I just think we were prepared. You know, one thing my, uh, my trainer, he told me, he said, what did he say? He just told us to be prepared. It's to week one NFL Sunday. Coquel hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. No, no, no. Stick around. Hang out with us. Cool. Yeah, we'll stay and hang around with you. It's Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. I felt good about Jameis Winston going into 2021. I didn't think that he would be the face and the star of the first NFL Sunday in 2021. That was epic. Oh, what a Sunday of football. Ken Levick alive featuring Coquel. It's a football Monday. Tomorrow's going to be a football Tuesday. It'll be a football Wednesday after that. What's going to come after that, Coquel? Football Thursday. Yeah, that's right. And then a football Friday. We're here in the Adagio Levine Accident Attorney Studios, downtown West Palm Beach, right off of the massively uncomfortable and, as of this morning, stormy Intracoastal. ESPN 106.3 free ESPN app and your smart speaker. I said this morning it was stormy. It's not stormy now. There's windows outside. You're looking out. Our whole wall is a window. And it's bright and sunny. Coquel, I'm trying to switch it up every day, okay? Just just play along with me. All it's right? snowing here at ESPN West Palm. Like, what are you doing? Listen, don't get on me because I have crafted something just for your sensibilities after the first NFL Sunday in 2021. Because we, Coquel, are going to have a special edition of Tautel. Tautel? Tautel. On the Monday after week one? Uh-huh. Oh, but boy. it's not going to be the traditional Tautel where it's you just picking games. That's a win. That's a loss. We're going to be talking players, coaches, and teams. Who are the winners? Who are the losers? The first NFL week one Sunday. Let's start with the winners because I want to get this off on a positive note. I want to get this off on a who looked good And I tell you, who looked good is the guy that we heard from in the open that had the hilarious lack of recollection of what his trainer actually told him, and he forgot what his trainer told him about two seconds after he brought up the subject of his trainer with Tom Rinaldi on Fox, but that was Jameis Winston. Jameis was absolutely sensational, and the Saints just completely bombed out the Packers in Jacksonville. That was... I mean, that was an ass whooping. That was ridiculous. You could say they mollywhopped them. That that was a mollywhopping. If you want to use that word, that's a great word to use. But Jameis, we a couple of weeks ago talked about whether or not it was okay to root for him. How did it feel and how was it going to be consumed that we were sort of rooting for Jameis Winston? Well, there's an entire city right now, an entire state right now, New Orleans, Louisiana, they have no problems rooting for Jameis Winston, despite his past, despite transgressions. 14 of 20 yesterday, 148 yards, five touchdowns. The 148 yards a bit misleading because the Saints were working on a short field all game long. Because on the other side, Aaron Rodgers was atrocious. Two interceptions, two interceptions 
in three plays. He had five picks all of last season. He had two interceptions thrown in three plays. He was bad. He said after the game, he was bad. The Packers were not competitive, but on the other side, Jameis Winston is throwing deep balls. Jameis Winston is accurate in the red zone. Jameis Winston yesterday, Coquel, was a leader. He was a leader, and this was his best throw of the day, and this arguably was the best throw any quarterback made of the day yesterday. Ever. On second down, there down, Deontay Harris. He's got a That Winston to Deontay Harris touchdown throw 50 yards was absolutely sensational. Jameis Winston was the winner, the winner of week one NFL Sunday. He's on pace for 85 touchdowns. I'm sure he's going to get there. 85. 85 touchdowns. I'm not positive, but I'm pretty sure that's a record. Well, Kyler Murray is also on pace for 85 touchdowns as well. Why why you got to take my shine away from Jameis? But Jameis Winston also... (laughs) On pace for 85 yeah, touchdowns. Davis. But I think just the the scope of the game, you're taking on the Packers who came a play away from going to the Super Bowl last year. You don't get to play in your home stadium because of the hurricane. You have to go to Jacksonville and play the Packers. And to do what Jameis did, his reclamation debut, that was awesome. That was a spectacle to behold. And that's why Jameis Winston is the week one winner. We're playing Tautau. That's a win. That's a loss on this Monday. Your week one NFL Sunday winner, Jameis Winston. Who do you have? Player, coach, team. Who is the winner of week one NFL Sunday? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And you can tweet at us at ESPN West Palm, as always, 888-760-3776. You know who else was a winner yesterday? The only team in the AFC East to pick up a victory Uh, yesterday, and that is the Dolphins. Was it ugly? Yes. A 17-16 win. Did the Dolphins' defense have a hard time getting off the field? Yes. Did the Dolphins' offensive line have a tough time protecting Tua? Yes. But... That same scenario over the last 15 years, close at Foxborough, the Dolphins have lost every single time. And you see what the Bills did. They just laid down in the fourth quarter at home to Pittsburgh. You saw that the Jets can't protect their rookie quarterback. They go down to their former quarterback in the Carolina Panthers. And then, of course, the Dolphins hand the Patriots that loss. The Dolphins, the only team to win NFL Week 1 Sunday. That, to me, I'll take it. That's a winner yesterday. And then another winner in that same game. I think Mac Jones was a winner yesterday. Mac Jones, and what's his nickname? Smugface. Mm -hmm, Smugface. Mac Jones looked good under constant pressure yesterday. The Dolphins' pass rush existed, but it wasn't effective. And that's because Josh McDaniels is very good at what he does, and he put his rookie quarterback in a position to succeed. Well, that's why they didn't score any points, though. That's the thing. They did struggle to score points because the Dolphins' defense is good when they have their back against them. But you can make a quarterback look good if you're not trying to score points and you're just trying to make a quarterback look good. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's easier to be efficient if you're not taking the shots that you need to take to be 
a high-powered offense. They did not take many deep shots, um, but they did move the ball, and it's because the Dolphins were doing what they do under Brian Flores. They blitz, 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 exotic look, blitz, blitz, and the Patriots were just running underneath routes, and Mac Jones was able to pick the Dolphins apart. Mac Jones looked calm and composed, looked good. I thought Mac Jones was encouraging. So, yeah, he gets handed that big old L from Tua and company, but Mac Jones, if you're a Patriots fan... That's that's a win. What throw you. wowed you? What there, throw wowed you? He made all game. There, there wasn't, wasn't any. He threw no. an open, open. I can hit you on an open drag route over the middle too. But I also, if you're if you're able to most of the time convert on third down and complete 10, 11, 12 yard intermediate throws underneath, that's good. You're not I'll gonna, take that. You're not going to win games that way, though. You may not turn the ball over, but you're not going to win games that way. He did at one point turn around and just spike a ball <laughs> into the turf and, because there was pressure coming. That wasn't very good for Mac Jones, but he showed poise. He, oh, he looked it, better than Trevor Lawrence it, did. If he wasn't, well, Trevor Lawrence, they tried to take shots. That's why he threw three touchdowns, threw for 300 yards, but also threw the three picks. If Mac Jones was trying to throw those big passes, the same thing would happen there. I just I get so annoyed. It's because it's Belichick's quarterback, and he's flabby like Brady was when he came in. We're just giving him more than he needs to. I heard someone breaking down the Jets-Patriots game for next week, and they're like, oh, the Patriots are going to dominate. They're going up against a rookie quarterback. But yeah. Robert Sala's not right. going up against a rookie quarterback I in know. Mac Jones? I, well, like this, we're, just, we're just eliminating that? The same thing happened this week. We talked about it on Friday when Keyshawn Johnson, uh, you hear him uh, weekdays at 6 a.m. here on ESPN 106.3, his analysis his preview of Dolphins Patriots. It was key was, shot again, actually. Now that I'm thinking about it, it was key this morning. Said the same thing next week. Like, what, we're just going to keep doing this? It was, we know what Mac Jones is, but the question mark is Tua. Wait, what? Excuse me? I don't understand that. Come on, Key. But I thought Mac Jones, that was, that was a winner yesterday. Now for the losers. And again, who is your winner? Week one NFL Sunday. I say Jameis Winston. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Your losers? The Packers. I mean, that was listless. That was sleepy. That was unprepared. That was an incredibly distressing performance off of what was a choke job in the NFC Championship. And they went to Jacksonville and did not look like they wanted to be there at all. Aaron Rodgers did not play like someone that needed to make a statement after having nothing but drama producing nothing but drama in that offseason. A couple of our teammates here at ESPN West Palm, Casey Korth, Courtney Rokoff, ah. home team Tina, made the trip all the way to Jacksonville to see puking, to just literally see the Packers collectively vomit all over the field in Jacksonville. At least Casey showed up to work today, not like Aaron Rodgers yesterday. Ah, I see what you're doing there. Jeopardy, here I go. Uh, so the the, Patri- uh, the 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 Packers. What is end of the losers. era for 500, Alex? <laughs> you're calling it right now. It's over. That was, I mean, the Packers were flat out the biggest losers from yesterday. Your biggest winner, your biggest loser from NFL Week 1 Sunday. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. You know when we sat in the studio on uh, day one of the NFL draft, just a couple of weeks beforehand, we were calling the Atlanta Falcons practice facility, oh, yeah, Cocal, yeah. to try and get them to not draft Kyle Pitts. We thought that we, by calling their receptionist, we thought by, by calling their receptionist, we could talk 
uh, Arthur Smith and Arthur Blank and uh, the Falcons out of drafting Kyle Pitts. Well, turns out there's really nothing to be scared of because the Falcons don't know how to incorporate Kyle Pitts. They can't get Matt Ryan protected. They can't give Matt Ryan any sort of protection. The Eagles went into Atlanta and thrashed the Falcons. That was dirty yesterday. The Falcons didn't look like they had anything. When you're a head coach, and that's your debut, this is your first head coaching job, and this is your debut, and your team lays an egg, no pun intended, like that, I'm pretty sure Falcons lay eggs, then you're in some big PR trouble right away. 32-6 to that final, and Matt Ryan... 21 of 35, 164. They ran the ball a little bit, but the Eagles did whatever they wanted and in this. I, I don't think there's a team that looked worse than the Eagles in the preseason. Like they were, yeah, they were, they were so bad in the terrible. preseason, and it carried over into week one. Jalen Hurts throws for 264 and three touchdowns, a 126-4 quarterback rating. But if you're a new head coach, and did you see the photos of Arthur Blank, the Falcons owner, on the sideline in the fourth quarter? I mean, just despair. Is stone-faced, no emotion, angry, seething. This is my quarter. This is my head coaching hire, and we're bad. That well, was bad. It's also bad if you're going to rock the single digit and not put up a good performance in yeah. your first game. Also, that was my biggest takeaway from the thing. The biggest losers for me were when you got beat for a touchdown and you were number four playing corner. It just looks that much worse because I yeah. haven't I haven't adjusted to a number four like Jalen Ramsey wears number five, but at least he's going to show out every time. When I see someone get beat and you're wearing number four at DB, I'm like, mm, maybe let's get back to a 20s number. But how about with a, a winner from that game, Nick Sirianni? That team was ready to go, and Nick Sirianni has been in the Jalen Hurts corner the entire time. Speaking of good head coaching debuts, Nick Sirianni had the worst head coach debut press conference of anything that we've ever seen. He couldn't string together three coherent sentences in that press conference. He botched a coaching saying that he was trying to throw out there to the Philadelphia masses, but he puts a headset on and his team performed. So for me, Jameis Winston is the winner of NFL Sunday week one. To me, the Packers, the team that Jameis dominated, they're the losers of NFL week one Sunday. How about you? Who are your winners? Who are your losers? NFL Week 1 Sunday. It's a special edition of Monday Tautal. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And again, tweet at us at ESPN West Palm. Let's go to Eric in Loxahatchee. Eric, you're on Ken Levick Alive. What's going on, Eric? Hey, what's up, guys? Yeah, biggest winner, I'd have to say, Stafford last night. Yeah. And loser, Saquon Barkley. Guy just... Giants line, whichever. Yeah, and, and Saquon Barkley is the biggest loser because there's nothing he can do. He's running into a wall every single time. As big and beefy as your thighs are, sometimes it just doesn't matter. And I think that Stafford in his Rams debut, that is everything you were looking for when you made that trade for Stafford. It was calm, it was composed, it was under control, it was three touchdowns, and appreciate the call, Eric. That brings me to another loser that I had last night, and that was Matt Nagy. What is the plan for the Bears? What's the plan for that offense? What are they trying to do? You have Justin Fields come in to run the option a couple of times. There's nothing that seems to really be progressive about that Bears offense. 
The Bears' defense is full of holes. When you hear Chicago Bears, I think there's this misconception that, oh, they're a defense-oriented team. Since when? It's been three, four years since they had a serviceable defense. Khalil Mack's first year was the last year that they were overwhelming on defense. They're not good defensively, and they're even worse offensively. And Matt Nagy, who you could argue should have been possibly out of a job after last year, but they snuck into that expanded playoff field. Here the Bears are, just sort of sleepy on the national stage on Sunday night. I don't know what the Bears' plan is. And they have a young quarterback there to try. And they refuse to put the young quarterback in the game to try. For the exception of some gimmick option plays. That's not how you use Justin Fields, who's one of the most accurate passers in the history of college football. Can we talk about that for a second? Because Chris Collinsworth went on the air and we're talking about how Justin Fields needs to get caught up to speed. He only knows how to run the read. Did he not watch him at Ohio State? I know. It seemed like he never saw Justin Fields play, ever. He was the most pro-ready out of all the guys, minus Trevor Lawrence, coming out of college. And all of a sudden, because... You can figure out why. All of a sudden, he's just a read guy who has to figure out how to throw in the pocket. Yeah, it, it really did seem like, and I know exactly what you're talking about, Chris Collinsworth actually had not seen a single snap of Justin Fields at Ohio State. Did he miss him in the college football playoff last year? Did he miss anything that Justin Fields has been able to do in a Buckeyes uniform? But what's the plan with the Bears? Matt Nagy is definitely a week one NFL Sunday loser. Your winners and your losers. It's taught out. Your winners and losers from an NFL week one Sunday, 888 888- 760-3776-888-760-3776. And again, tweeted us at ESPN West Palm. Ken Levick Alive featuring Coquellas presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program, FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. Uh, briefly saw Dr. Jim Reardon out at FAU's pounding of Georgia Southern on Saturday. Nikosi Perry getting it done. Four touchdown passes through for 332. Sensational. Miami Hurricanes, thank you. But the FAU NBA Sport Management Program, they just get it done like FAU football just gets it done. In fact, a big day as well for a couple of uh, FAU NBA Sport Management Program students right now that play on the FAU football team. Jordan Helm had a fumble recovery. Chase Lassiter was uh, the one who started a chain reaction defensively to force that fumble. The FAU NBA Sport Management Program getting it done on the field and in the classroom. They are top 15 internationally when it comes to FAU NBA Sport Management Programs or NBA Sport Management Programs. The FAU NBA Sport Management Program, they will put you in a job in sports. 22 years they've been doing it. There are very few NBA sport management programs in this country older, and they have adapted to the times. This is your path to the sports industry. FAU.edu slash MBA sport. That's FAU.edu slash MBA sport. Check them out. Get signed up for spring semester classes online or on campus in Boca. That's FAU.edu slash MBA sport, the FAU MBA sport management program. When we return to a it was okay. The Dolphins are 1-0. We take our Dolphins deep dive when we return. He's Coquel. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken Levicka. Live featuring Coquel. Subscribe to the podcast. It's free. And it's wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Podcasts. 
We have a gift wrap for you after every show. Individual segments, the full hour. We're here for you, and we love you. Sorry I yelled at you. The Ken Levick Alive no, featuring Coco Podcast. Do it, or we're going to show up at your house. <laughs> With bats. We, we know people. Yeah, we sure squad do. Squad up. Yep, the radio mafia. That's what we're Does bringing to your door. kids still say things like squad? Is that a thing anymore? Mm, not sure. My gang, my group. My boys. <laughs> All right, stop, please. Kendall Vick Live featuring Coquel Podcast. Again, wherever you get your podcast. Uh, let's go to social media before we dive into the Dolphins here. Playing a little taw-taw. Week 1 NFL Sunday edition. That's a win. That's a loss. The biggest player coach team winner from NFL Week 1. Elliot Brownstein tweets the Eagles. Yep, that goes right along with what we were talking about with Nick Sirianni. That team was just ready to go. On the other side, Arthur Smith and the Falcons. Big losers in week one. That was a rough debut. It is tough to bounce back from that. Uh, at Defotop on Twitter, Jameis Winston. He's right on board with me. Jameis Winston, the winner of NFL Sunday week one. Uh, and the losers from NFL Sunday week one here with Tautal at ESPN West Palm on Twitter. Aaron Albers says Green Bay, they lost a game they should have won. I'm assuming he means that they should have won on paper before kickoff because once kickoff happened, the Packers had no business being in that game and were not competitive in any way, shape, or form. Once kickoff happened or once this offseason happened? <laughs> so you're really going to declare Aaron Rodgers end of era. The era is over. It's done. Hot seat for LaFleur. Get to, get to see his seat's warm. <laughs> Senator Ted Coops tweets the Packers were the biggest losers. Uh Jay Hink tweets Tennessee and the Falcons were the biggest losers. How about the Titans? That was uh extremely poor as well because the Cardinals did whatever they wanted. 38-13, Kyler Murray, five touchdowns, uh, five sacks uh, for uh, for the Cardinals' Chandler Jones. I mean, the Cardinals are fun. The, the Cardinals are real fun. I'm on ESPN.com, and it's showing that DeAndre Hopkins had 83 yards receiving. That's a mistake. I think he had 483 <laughs> yards receiving. Because those 400. highlights, you should add 100 yards to every catch. There should be oh, a degree man. of difficulty addition. I completely agree. And then Kirk finding those balls when Hopkins, I mean, when Murray puts it up there and getting underneath them, and the way Murray's just running around the field looking better than everyone else, like that is a squad that is absolutely a joy to watch. Yeah. I don't know, is there a more fun team to watch right now? I don't now think than so. Them? I don't they have they have those athletic receivers. They have Kyler Murray, who's a video game. Like they're just flat out fun. They're Kyler Murray is getting to that point now where he's going to two or three times during the course of a game drop your jaw. Like they, he's that level of quarterback right now. And they have Buda Baker on defense, who's obviously the best player. Because if you ever watch a Cardinals game, it seems like he makes every single tackle. Yeah, yeah. He has to average at least 67 tackles a game. Who are the top three jaw drop NFL quarterbacks where at least once every weekend you're going to say, oh my God, it's 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 Kyler now. He's in that discussion. It's Mahomes. Mahomes, definitely. And then Brady he, still gives you a throw where you're yeah, like, wow. But I usually, like I would, I would have said Aaron Rodgers until yesterday, that stink fest. I, I suppose still Rodgers, he has one more week to prove it to me, and then he's getting kicked out of the arbitrary jaw-drop list I just made up. That's right. That's right. It's been a long run in that list that you just made uh-huh. up, but it's over now. All good things come to an end, You've been A-Rod. put on notice, Rodgers. Uh, Jayco says yesterday was a bad look for Urban Meyer. Yeah. That, that team doesn't seem very good, well-coached. That was not good English from me almost. 
Barry, not good coach. Not well coached. No good coach. Yeah. Jaguar. Yeah. I'm like four-year-old here giving NFL analysis, but uh, they, they don't seem very well coached. And Trevor Lawrence, they want to let him throw away and bomb away. That's fine. He had the three touchdowns yesterday, but they're not good defensively. The offensive scheme seems off. I don't know. I just I, and I know it's one game, but even going back to the preseason, I'm not sure that this is for Urban. No, and he has to figure out that he's working with adults too. Everything's going to be a little bit different than when you're you're not the demigod anymore. That's no. the problem. These college coaches come in, especially if you notice some of the college coaches who aren't at the huge schools have more success in the pros than the ones who are at the huge schools because at least at the littler schools, you're not that guy where you can walk on water all throughout the city and the town where Urban's going there saying, you know, he thinks everyone's going to listen because he has some motivational speech and it'll work. That's not how it works. No. These, these guys are going through their jobs and their professions. Urban, that experiment may not go, and the next coach is going to have a good – I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be really good. I'm not scared off. Yeah, the, I think he's going to be fine. The three interceptions are nothing to me. Throw picks all day as a rookie. I also don't want him to turn into a Stafford, though, where he has the first decade of his career – just completely undercut because the organization and the coaches that he's under are incompetent. Yeah, I mean, there I mean that was that a waste work. of a decade. And that team is pretty bad. That team's a long way away. It's yeah. going to take some major upheaval. And I don't know if Herb's the guy that you want controlling a roster considering he's never really done it before. Right. I know the con son has a lot of input, and they the owners take a lot of it, kind of Jerry Jones-ish, mm -hmm. because they do a lot of analytics to decide who's playing. You need someone... I'm going to sound like such a meatball. You need a football guy in there to kind of just yeah. tell you that's been in the pros and kind of advise you through this process. Yeah, I, I completely agree. So, again, we'll take your winners and losers. NFL Sunday week one, some tall towel, 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. Let's get into our Dolphins deep dive. The Finns beat the Patriots 17-16 to yesterday, uh, late afternoon in Foxborough. That is a game that... Over the last 20 years, the Dolphins have lost every single time. This is only the third win in Foxborough for the Dolphins in 20 years, in two decades. Uh, and so I'll take it. I don't care if the Dolphins uh, fumbled 17 times and then fortuitously kicked it to themselves for touchdowns to win this game, or the Patriots ended up having to forfeit because of a bad stomach flu. You take a win in Foxborough, okay? And the Dolphins did that. They are 1-0. They're the only team in the AFC East to pick up a victory. Tua and the offense, first drive, that was perfection. That was the scripted drive. Tua and the offense to come out of the locker room and score again, that was scripted. It was perfection. There seems to be a trend here because other than that, the offense really couldn't get it going. But I don't think the reason for that is Tua. I think the reason for that is that offensive line was bad for the Dolphins yesterday. And poor Liam Eikenberg, and I know left tackle's not his natural position, but he was dominated yesterday over and over and over again. And the Pats front, that's one of the best in the NFL. They're going to be one of the best in the league, and the Dolphins weathered that storm. But this is a tough one to gauge Tua on. I think Tua was fine. He was fine. What's the word you'd use to describe Tua Tungavailoa's performance yesterday in the Dolphins' win over the Patriots? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Can I use two words? Sure. Ragarm. Okay, I knew that you were going to do that. That was predictable. Your comedic timing, though, is impeccable. What was? What would be the one? And I think ragarm actually could be one word, depending on how you... Auto-hyphenate it. It's two words. Okay. More <laughs> 
right. So Tua yesterday, one word you'd use to describe him, 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776, and you can tweet at us, at ESPN West Palm. I think he was fine. He was fine. Does he need to be better against pressure? Yes. Does he need to establish himself better in the pocket? Yes. Does he need to get a little bit more on those throws over the middle that he really had trouble connecting on yesterday? Yeah. But what the Patriots were doing is they're showing pressure from the edges because you know you have a hole on the Dolphins' offensive line on the edges, and then they're able to send everybody into the middle of the field. And so a lot of what they wanted to do on those crossing routes wasn't there for Tua. That's why the two biggest plays of the day for Tua passing came on the edges, the one to Waddle and then the one to Devontae Parker along the sideline. There was nothing in the middle of the field. So I just want to, I know that I'm endlessly to him, but I also want to be realistic that, hey, he's still not there. And I don't want to give him a pass for yesterday. But 202 yards, two touchdowns, one that was a perfect throw that was batted away via a spectacular defensive play in the second quarter. Like, fine, you deal with it. And he managed the game enough to go get a victory after throwing a bad interception. I'll acknowledge that was a bad decision. But overall, it was fine. It was enough winning football. How much will having Will Fuller back be? I'll, it'll be significant, and it looks like he's going to be back next week for Buffalo. Even if next week is ugly, even if next week is ugly and the Dolphins somehow muster a 13-12 to win, you know what? I feel damn great because 2-0 feels damn great against the Patriots and the Bills. Yeah, Jessica say 2-0, but... Besides that, yeah, <laughs> yes, winning those two games, I don't care if you win 3 nothing. You come out of this stretch 2-0, and you got it. What a missed opportunity on my part. Tua, one word to describe him. How did he perform yesterday? I say fine. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And I want to acknowledge Mac Jones, based on the Patriots game plan, what Josh McDaniel set up for him, did extremely well. In the face of constant pressure, he hit his underneath routes. Josh McDaniels did him a lot of favors and unfortunately for the Patriots, they just could not find the end zone because the Dolphins clamped down. And as Coquel pointed out, that game plan by Josh McDaniels doesn't necessarily allow for the big play. And the Dolphins, with the constant pressure, did eliminate the chance at the big play. Let's go to Jerry in West Palm. Jerry, you're on Ken LeVick Alive. What's going on, Jerry? Hey, not much. How are you? Good, good. All right. Um, so... Before I, I give my piece, I just want to say that I'm a Buccaneers fan. Okay. But I think the biggest winner this weekend is Dak Prescott and the Cowboys, believe it or not. Um, I'm aware they lost, mm-hmm. but they, sh- they showed that they were hitting all the strides. The defense was playing well. The offense was playing well. Dak was making, he was making the reads. Um, I, I really think the Cowboys have the best chance to win that whole division. They're, they're going to go to the playoffs, I believe. I think that's a good observation. And, and Friday, Coquel and I were raving over Dak. I think that injury, while it sucks for him, uh, it may be a blessing because it seems like he's comfortable standing in the pocket and throwing, and he did that a lot on Thursday. Right, I agree. And I also think uh, the loser, I mean, I, I think a lot of people will agree, is, is Aaron Rodgers and Packers. Yeah. Like, how... How did you get beat like that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, not the MVP. No, and, and it wasn't competitive. That's the thing, too. Like It was just flat-out bad. And you can't have, and appreciate the call, you can't have that offseason. And we supported Rodgers. Rodgers, we have supported him over the Packers. And I firmly believe that Aaron Rodgers is the one who had the leverage, 
and was right to feel disrespected, but you can't generate that soap opera stuff in the offseason, and then that is what you look like to start the 2021 season? Uh Uh-uh. He deserves all the criticism that he's going to get today in Wisconsin and nationwide. Is he still trying to get traded? <laughs> a little t- little tank job, a little James Harden in him. Do you, you, you tank, think tank your way out? You think there's some conspiracy theory going on here that this was purposeful that he came back to the Packers just to tank their season? Him and Devontae Adams both. We'll the see. Tag team. If all of a sudden, week seven, the trade deadline comes, or is it week six, week seven? I don't know. With 18 weeks this week, I don't know where it's falling. But if once that trade deadline comes, he starts playing better again. Maybe yeah. maybe he's trying to find his way out. Um, back to the Dolphins, real quick. You pay Xavier Howard and make him happy X. for reasons like yesterday no one's throwing at Xavier Howard they're just not so he, and he said it in the post game they think they're going to lull me to sleep I'm going to go and find the football and that's exactly what he did with under three and a half minutes left to go he is in there on a run play with the Patriots moving the ball close to the goal line punching and ripping and scratching and clawing and dislodging the football and recovering the football and getting the Dolphins the win. That is why you pay a guy like that the money that he wanted. Big players make big plays. They they find a way, no matter where it is. Even like a a Deion Sanders, let's go back to him. Yes, no one threw to his side, but go Google Deion Sanders highlights. You'll find them because he's going to find a way to Mm -hmm. make a big play. I thought yesterday, too, while the Dolphins' defense gave up some Big yardage, sustained drives. Emmanuel Ogba was the most consistent pass rusher. He looked very, very good, very strong, very imposing, was winning one-on-one battles, was a split second late to Mac Jones consistently, but that's because he was not getting much help in the pass rush. The Dolphins linebackers struggled a bit yesterday. And then offensively, Jalen Waddell, how could you not feel good about that? And you started to see what the actual plan is for him. You didn't see anything in the preseason. They put him everywhere yesterday he dropped one ball that was perfect from Tua that would have been a big gain he came back made a big play he had a touchdown reception Jalen Waddle's going to be a problem if they can finally get some things in sync there with the offense say it Ken say it who's now the favorite to win the AFC East say it come okay. on with your chest <clears throat> the favorites in the AFC East are the Miami Dolphins what the favorites are the Miami Dolphins. What? 1-0. Dolphins. Tua. Fins up. Waddle. Sanders. <laughs> That's right. The Dolphins. Just Seki, even though he didn't have a catch. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, fantasy team. Oh, man. I had Seki, Barkley, and Rodgers playing. I know no one cares about my fantasy team. My Sunday was ruined. Your fantasy ruined. team, a loser from week one. Can't NFL reach Sunday. anyone else. Why does he have no catches, Jacecki? Like, what happened? Mikey <laughs> G just decided not to show they up. They did. The Patriots did do a good job of completely neutralizing Jacecki. Uh, the only time Jacecki really touched the ball on offense was that terrible throw from Tua that went up Jacecki's face mask and then <laughs> fell into the arms of a Patriots defender. They didn't even need Mikey G, and they won. <laughs> favorite, favorite. Say it again. Say it again for the people who didn't hear. Ken Lavica, who is the favorite to win the AFC East? Silence, please. The Miami Dolphins! That's who, Coquel! Whoa! I said it with my chest! Go, Fins. And that's your Dolphins deep dive. It's going to be equally as obnoxious the remaining 17 weeks of this NFL season. Until the Bills win by 30 next week. Oh, man. Bills, Dolphins next week here on ESPN 106.3. Your Bills look terrible, by the way. That was not good. I told my you, Bills. I, I told you Josh Allen's coming back to reality. You didn't believe me.
he definitely looked like old Josh Allen at I also times. told you the Steelers were done. So, you know, <laughs> you give and take. You win a few, you lose a few. That's how you're always right, Kenny. That's how you play the game. The one word you'd use to describe Tua. Mine is fine. You, 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776, and tweeted us at ESPN West Palm. Uh, Lawler & Associates, personal injury attorneys. Pat Lawler, he's my guy. He's Coquel's guy, and he is your guy as well. If you have a personal injury matter, whether it's automobile, boating accident, motorcycle accident, slip and fall, if there is a situation where you believe that you deserve compensation, that's where Lawler and Associates personal injury attorneys come in. It's not just Pat. It's his whole staff. And they collectively have decades of trial experience. They've been there. They've done that. They've seen it all. South Florida, this is a place where you pretty much see everything when it comes to personal injury matters. They are going to help navigate you through it. You need someone you can trust. Pat is one of those you can absolutely trust. At Lawler & Associates Personal Injury Attorneys, check them out online, wanttolawyerup.com. That's wanttolawyerup.com. Lawler & Associates Personal Injury Attorneys. Again, wanttolawyerup.com, and he'll join us again tomorrow as our sports law and sports agent insider here on Ken LeVick Alive. When we return, college football in this state on Saturday, there are two teams that were one big barf bag. We'll discuss it with our Florida College Football Funhouse. He's Coquel. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. You are listening to Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3. Call the show now at 888-760-3776. <laughs> What was more dispiriting, what happened in Tallahassee on Saturday or what happened at Hard Rock Stadium on Saturday? Two very different situations, two equal levels of despair. I know, I you, know you wanted that cat to fall too, right? I hate cats. <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, take that uh, We cat. are going to have a, a very important cat discussion here in just a moment because I think Coquel and I are on the same page. I do know that I loved what I saw in Boca on Saturday. That's right. Willie Taggart's bringing it. Ken Levick alive featuring Coquel. We're about to get into our Florida College football funhouse. But before we do that, I want to tell you about EDS air conditioning. It is hot and it is gross and it is disgusting and it is sweaty and it is moist and it is all of the things that make summer in South Florida really, really, really disgusting. That's why you need air conditioning that works. That's why you need your home cooled down. That's why you need dependability from that standpoint. And if your air conditioning goes down, well, you need someone who can fix it, do it quick, do it right. That's EDS Air Conditioning because EDS is yes. Quite simply, EDS is yes. They've been doing it since 2006. They've been servicing Palm Beach County and the Treasure Coast and South Florida, and they are dependable. This is what sets EDS apart in my mind. When your air conditioning goes out and you're stranded at home and you're waiting for someone to come and 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 provide the service, a lot of times you're getting eight, nine-hour appointment windows. That's not good enough. That's a problem. They are trying to work around your schedule at EDS Air Conditioning. So when you call, they're saying, all right, so what would you prefer time-wise? And they're saying, you know what? We're going to try. We're going to try and work around you. That's what we do. That's customer service. But this is important. There's, it's dangerous when your AC goes out your as pets. well. Your pets, 
your well-being, a whole thing. So EDS, give them a call, 561-316-8799. Check them out online, edsairconditioning.com. They're a train comfort specialist. It's hard to stop a train. They're using the best equipment. That's EDS Air Conditioning. Again, 561-316-8799. EDS Air Conditioning. EDS is ES. All right, our Florida College Football Funhouse in Coquel. Let's start with Florida State. The Seminoles with one of the most improbable losses that you are going to see. All of the goodwill that they had from the overtime loss against Notre Dame and Mackenzie Milton. And uh, look, they're playing competent football. This looks good. It looks like Mike Norvell made all the adjustments and they have the personnel. Guess what? That's out the window. There is no goodwill with uh, Florida State football now. That loss to Jacksonville State on Saturday was horrendous. A 20-17 final, and here's what it sounded like on the Florida State Seminoles radio network. Gene Dekaroff on the call, and I want you to listen closely because at the 28-second mark of this Jacksonville State touchdown call, the analyst on the Florida State Seminoles radio network, you can hear, whips the headset into the table in front of him angry over what took place let me set the scene jacksonville state at its 41 yard line with six seconds left to go florida state 17 jacksonville state 14 and this is what it sounded like get a first down right now they still got a chance i guess to, to call the timeout to try to get their uh, kicking team out there second play here's the snap throwing the deep bomb down the far sideline caught ball at the 10-yard line to the 5-yard line. Are you serious? Jacksonville State with no time left. I just the said Gamecocks. keep everything in front of you. The I Gamecocks have taken the lead and will win this ball game. There's the headset. <laughs> Oh man, that sounds like you and Bartell. Uh, it's sort of. I, 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 I'll be honest. I've I've thrown a headset before in the midst of college football anger. Can we talk about another thing that's angering FSU fans? Did you what? see the player proposing after the game? <laughs> Have you seen that <laughs> yes. picture? So an FSU player after the loss to Jackson, as State, Jacksonville State still celebrated into the opposite end zone, took him and proposed to his girlfriend on the field. And Florida State fans are are ripping him left and right. <laughs> Even my guy Lamar Thomas, famous wide receiver uh-huh. coach, is ripping him. What is he supposed to do, not do the proposal? I know, because you eventually, because you're a man, you're eventually, if you hold on to an engagement ring long enough, you're going to lose it. Like, that's just how science works. I carried mine around for one night. I was supposed to give it out the next day, and I, yeah. I proposed that night because I was scared to hold it to the next now, day. If I'm, if I'm him, though, I read the room a bit better. No! I would possibly do it after the game outside the stadium, not on the turf on the field after you suffered arguably the worst loss in the last 30 years in Florida State history. It's a game of football. This is his life, his family moving forward. His family was probably there, I'm assuming, in the stands. It was a moment that's been set up. People were flown in from all over the country. Mm. I I know these things. People were definitely flown in from all over. There was a cake waiting outside. There was just things that had to go, and he had to execute the plan. Now, if they get divorced before he turns 30, (laughs) yeah, he deserves to be ripped on. (laughs) He deserves to be ripped on. Good. That's very very appropriate. Excellent. Um, Mike Norvell trying to explain how in the hell there was only two safeties back on that final play. Six seconds left. Jacksonville State had one timeout. Florida State's up three. This is Mike Norvell talking about what the plan was defensively. Um, you know, it was a, um, uh, a two-deep man under. Um, you know, wanted to 
make sure we got uh, you try to get pressure on the quarterback. Um, but you know, having coverage over the top, uh, it was there was they still had one timeout um, just to not give up something you know quickly underneath uh, or or in, in the intermediate passing game with a timeout. So uh, did not go to to immediate prevent. That's bad. I didn't I, go to immediate prevent. Come on. I get it, kind of. If you're in a two-man coverage, you you have two safeties over the top, and everybody's supposed to be manned up. That guy's not supposed to let anyone deeper than than him. But if you're Florida State, and you've already been in a dogfight with Jacksonville State, put everyone along the goal line. Fine. If Jacksonville State gets into field goal territory, you're talking about an FCS kicker with all the pressure in the world on him from 35 yards. But you got to trust your safety. Like, I first saw it and heard it, and I was like, eh, I don't know, or, or was told about the quote. I mean, you're in two, your safety has to be over the top, and where's your man coverage there? There's, there's, you basically have two guys over the top of that throw. That, that's just I think he just didn't want to throw his teammate, his player under the bus. I mean, Mike Norvell, that press conference, go watch it. He looks skittish. He, he looks overwhelmed. Completely uncomfortable. He, he looks like he's completely overwhelmed by being the head coach at Florida State. Not good. He looked nervous sitting down with me. Me at yeah. ACC Media Day. So I don't know how well he does in front of the camera. Maybe a big-time head coach isn't isn't the, the gig for you. So forget Florida State and all the good stuff you felt after Notre Dame. They just tossed that all the way Saturday. And then there's the Miami Hurricanes, who struggled mightily and probably should have lost to Appalachian State. The Canes hang on 25-23. Once again, De'Eric King is nowhere to be found. I have no idea what they're trying to do offensively. De'Eric King, 20 of 33, 200 yards. That's it. 44 QBR. He didn't throw against Alabama. He was a non-factor against Appalachian State. I don't know what Rhett Lashley, what what he what he's doing. There's no tempo. De'Eric King is just sort of... And then that defense, they got dinged, including the special teams. They give up a 100-yard kickoff return for a touchdown in this one. And my wife was at this game, season ticket holder. She never misses a game. She said, Coquel, that it was hostile, that that crowd at Hard Rock Stadium Saturday was hostile towards Manny Diaz. People are losing patience. You can't go and get blown up by Alabama and then come home and nearly lose to Appalachian State. And then after the game, Manny Diaz trying to put a, a nice shine on the win this is what Manny Diaz had to say about his team and how they performed against Appalachian State. This is what they do. This is App State. They, they go on the road, and they take down people on the road. Um, but they didn't take us down. I mean, Manny, come on, man. He got, the, he got the win. You he did, he did get the win. Tua. It could have been worse. It could have been worse. But also, that's Al Golden stuff. Like, yeah, they didn't do it to us. We're tough. Good job not losing at home to the... Sunbelt team. Can I defend De'Ara King, though? He made big plays when they did it with his legs. When they needed. But he, what What about all four quarters of De'Ara King? Yeah, he didn't dominate the game. But at least in the crunch moments, he made some big plays. And I don't even know if it's on him, though. This Rent Lashley offense is nothing like what he ran at SMU or even times last year. Is De'Ara King still hurt? It looks like they, they are... Uh, much like we saw with Mac Jones, where you didn't see the full playbook that there, it looks like that's what they're doing now. They've scaled some things back. And if you're going to play De'Ara King, play him. If you're if you're going to hold back, don't play him. But you have to run. It's time now. You almost lost to App State. You got molly whopped twice in one uh-huh, show well done. by Alabama. You have to run the full off. Is Manny Diaz in trouble? 
Like it feels like it, right? Is this took us a little bit warm right yeah. now? Yeah, he's yeah. on the hot seat. I definitely think so. And I love man. You know how much of a fan I am of Manny Diaz, the person and the coach. Miami fans, that's the Canes Twitter, not very yeah. happy. The not way, a nice place. The way Miami fans are talking about Manny Diaz right now is the same way they talked about Al Golden, is the same way they talked about Randy Shannon. I think it's, it's also the same thing. The warped expectations of Canes fans. Well, and that's another discussion for another show because yes, I wonder if we have to start seriously decreasing expectations for Miami and treat them like a high-end Sunbelt school as opposed to an ACC contender. Yeah, they're, which would make your life a lot easier. Just appreciate an eight-win season yeah. and a bowl game. Find a bowl game that sounds good to you and you want to get to every year. Yeah. I don't know if they'll ever be a national champion again. And then that is your Florida college football funhouse. Florida, the Gators, they have Alabama next week at the Swamp. Is it going to be Emory Jones or Anthony Richardson at quarterback? Dan Mullen says it's Emory uh, Emory Jones. You're going to see some Anthony Richardson, who is a freak of nature. Um, uh, I saw them both in person last week with FAU. I still trust Emory Jones more to run that offense, but Anthony Richardson is a million times the athlete that Emory Jones is. It's incredible. I've never seen anything like Anthony Richardson. I not, never have in my life. Not really reading the room with that AR-15 nickname, but that's a whole other story. Yeah. But him doing backflips and the things he can do athletically. Like he's amazing. He, he is nuts. And he's from Gainesville, I believe, yeah. right? He's, he's an alien. He, he is legitimately an alien. And then congratulations to Willie Taggart and company, FAU. They pound Georgia Southern 38-6. to Want to know why I'm bringing them up? Because it's my show and I can. Go it's the FAU. voice of FAU. Nikosi Perry, 332, four Owls touchdowns. All right, that's not the – you don't have to do that. Uh, Nikosi Perry, by the way, as I'm calling the game on Saturday, I have Canes fan friends texting if they can have Nikosi back. Uh, guys, come on. Don't do that. He looks good, huh? He looks really, really good. I mean, you really came in good. today rocking your FAU shirt, yeah. so you're feeling good I'm today. feeling really, really good. Nikosi is a hell of a pickup for Willie Taggart and Florida Atlantic. Sore owls, sore. That is not the song. Those are not the words. Because that's what owls do. They grab mice and eat them. So take that. Everyone else in the Sun Belt Conference. They're in Conference USA. USA is their conference, but they are better than the Sun Belt too. We're going to be, because I I subjected you to that, I'm going to give you a chance to win something when we return. $50, Stormhouse gift card. Stormhouse Brewing, North Palm Beach. We're playing a little Monday night football trivia. He's Coquel. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. 03776. It's Ken LaVica Live. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. Here's Ken LaVica and Chris Coquel. All right, listen up. I'm giving you the opportunity to win a $50 gift card to Stormhouse Brewing, the only craft brewery in the area with a food menu. This place is one of a kind. It is on, or it's in North Palm Beach. It is on US-1, just a half mile south of PGA Boulevard in the Crystal Cove Commons. You can't miss it. It's massive, and it's the best. Stormhouse Brewing. Talking with a couple people this weekend that went up there said, Ken, we heard you talking about it on the show, and we love it. Thank you for going there. And yes, I know. That's why I talk about it, because you're going to love it. Stormhouse Brewing, $50 gift card. We're going to play a little Monday Night Football trivia. Tonight, it's the Baltimore Ravens at the Las Vegas Raiders here on ESPN 106.3. And we're focused on the Raiders here with this question. The head coach of the Raiders, the last time they made the playoffs, was whom? The head coach of the Raiders, the last time they made the playoffs, was whom? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. 
The head coach of the Raiders, the last time that they made the playoffs was whom? A $50 Stormhouse Brewing gift card is on the line. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. While we get the phone lines going here, I want to tell you about Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach. Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach on Military Trail in West Palm, just a half mile south of Palm Beach International Airport. I got my blue, beautiful Kia K5 GT from Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach. Just a wonderful car buying experience. I adore it. I love that car, and I love the dealership as well. It's where I get all my service on my vehicle, uh, and that's where they're taking care of you. That's the theme at Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach. They're taking care of you. They don't want you to just come in and then they force a car on you and you say, man, that wasn't great. Like, I got the car, but I would never go there again. No, 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 no. They want to make sure that you're happy. They want to make sure that you are fulfilled. They want to make sure that you are upfront with them, that you're honest with them. If you have credit issues, that doesn't disqualify you from getting a car. What they're going to do is they're going to fight for you. There's a common thread here. On this show, we talk about businesses that are going to fight for you and have your back. Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach is one of those. Uh, George was telling me a story, my guy George over there, that at one time they called 70 creditors to try and find and finally get someone financed for a new car. That is a level of dedication you're just not going to find anywhere else. Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach. Go to GreenwayKiaWestPalmBeach.com to check out their selection and check them out again on Military Trail in West Palm Beach, half mile south of Palm Beach International Airport. They are my car dealership. They'll be yours as well. Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach. Go to GreenwayKiaWestPalmBeach.com. All right, let's give away this $50 gift card to Stormhouse Brewing in North Palm Beach. Chris, the pressure is on you. Chris is in Royal Palm Beach. Chris, who was the head coach the last time the Raiders were in the playoffs? Um, Tom Flores. That is incorrect. The playoffs. The playoffs. Tom Flores was, playoffs. was a long time ago. A long time ago. Uh, John in Jupiter. John, who was the head coach the last time the Raiders were in the playoffs? I'm going to go uh, Bill Callahan. That is incorrect. They have had some recent success. We are really dating this Raiders' success. <laughs> not Tom Flores, not Bill Callahan. We'll eke out like 30 more seconds. 888-760-3776. Sorry, Bart. 888-760-3776. The Raiders head coach, the last time they made the playoffs. Coquel, we might have to do this off the air. Yeah, we might have to take it off the air. Bill yeah. Callahan, by the way, sneaky changer of programs. When he comes in as an offensive line coach, Watch those teams. Go look at his career. Yeah. He's very good. Yeah. Uh, as not a head so much coach, as a head coach. Not so good. Do we want to take this quickly? Yeah, last one. Right, Let's just take it live. I want people to be posi- positive. Let's go, Ken. You're going okay. old school. Take All it right. live. I'm putting them on the air. All go. right. Uh, Ken Levick alive. You're on the air. What's your name? Kevin. 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 Who was the head coach of the Raiders? Last time in the playoffs. Uh, the last time they had. Um, what's the um, what they got now? What's the coach, the current coach? John Gruden. John Gruden. That is incorrect. Ken Levick alive. What? You're on the air. Who am I talking to? Hey, this is Don out of West Palm Beach. All right, Don in West Palm. Do you know who the Raiders coach was? I'm going to go with Art Shell. That is incorrect. My goodness. We've named about every Raiders coach in the last two decades. Except for the one. <laughs> John Madden. All right, all right, let's go. I Let, gotta go to, right, after right. the job I did producing. I need to get to Stormhouse and all have right. a couple drinks. Then. We're gonna carry this over to tomorrow, man. For Coquel, I'm Ken Lavica. I'm sad. We've been live on ESPN 106.3. Bye.